From Relay FM, this is Analog, episode 19. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. Dash, create beautiful dashboards with just a few clicks, and Sketch Party TV, the fun, fast drawing and guessing game for Apple TV. My name is Mike Hurley, and I have the pleasure every week of induce- introducing. <laughs> inducing? That would be inducing, uncomfortable. Inducing Wonder of the Internet, Mr. Casey Liss. Hi there. How are you, Mike? You can put Wonder of the Internet on a business card if you like. I, I will do precisely that. Or maybe you should do one of those things where you make it your Twitter bio and it says, like, Wonder of the Internet at iMike. You, like, you know when you see people, yep. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but like well, give quotes Steven, to each other? Yeah, Stephen has that on his uh, profile or whatever. He changed it. He changed it. Uh, wasn't it like Casey called me a pedant or something? Uh, yes. I always pronounce it pedant, but I don't think I'm right. Yeah, see, that is like... The first time I heard you do that, I burst out laughing because I thought it was one of the best jokes I've ever heard. Then realized, <laughs> then realized that, that you I'm were just saying, an idiot. That you were saying pedant incorrectly, which mm-hmm. of all of the words in the English language <laughs> to say incorrectly, it's pedant. Of course. And now, all kidding aside, that's not a UK-US thing, right? I'm just straight up wrong? Yeah, you are just straight up wrong. It's, cool. it's pedant. It's because it's pedantry. It's not pedantry. Yeah, whatever. All right, so do we have some follow-up? Oh, we most certainly do. Uh, this is self-confidence-based follow-up this week. We got a, a few great emails, lots of really great tweets, lots of great emails um, from people saying that the show meant something to them and and they loved it. and And I'm really proud of that because we put a, I put a lot of work into it. Uh, <laughs> I see how it is. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I meant the royal eye. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, and I'm really, really happy, uh, genuinely, because we put we put it on the line a little bit last week. Um, which I mean, we're always very truthful and honest on this show, but some topics require us to to lay it out bare a little bit more. You know, yeah, that was definitely one of them, and it seemed to have been pretty well received, and uh, that makes me very happy. So thank you to everyone for listening, downloading as always. Yep, everything. And for your great it. comments too. Uh, very nice. But we had a couple of emails, Casey, and uh, one of them is is a really interesting one directed to you. So this is from listener Tony. And Tony says, in Sean Blanc's podcast, Sean Today, he talked about the photo you took of your wife and son right after his birth. He talked a lot about how great the photo was. There you go. It's funny. I listened to this after listening to your podcast where you referred to Sean's photography as great too. The guy whose photography you held in such high esteem took the time to praise yours in public. That uh, Sean Today episode was actually turned into... Because uh, Sean Today is Sean's um, members-only podcast, but he also mm. does a weekly show called The Weekly Briefly. And that was actually a Weekly Briefly episode, Casey. So you can go and listen to that. And if you want to jump straight to it... Oh, you have? Mm-hmm. Okay, and how do you feel about that? Because this must be rather peculiar, wasn't it? It was very weird. Um, it, you know, Sean did a really good job of kind of dissecting uh, what the picture was all about. And this, the, the picture we're referring to is the one of Aaron um, with Declan uh, placed on her. And, and I think we might have talked about it on the show, but very quickly, um, when our son was born, he had a little bit of minor issues, but enough that we couldn't really... He was taken away from us for about an hour to get worked on and, and straightened away, or straightened up, whatever. Anyway, so eventually he comes back and he's given to Aaron. And I was able to snap a picture wherein you can see Aaron holding Declan in the hospital room, in the delivery room. And you can see just this one tear rolling down her face. Um, and, and 
as I said in my post, and now I'm going to quote myself, which is perhaps a little bit self-involved, but hey, we're talking about self-confidence. Uh, for the rest of my life, I don't think I'll be able to look at this picture without crying. It is and very likely will remain the best picture I've ever taken. And I still think that's true. So Sean was talking about on um, Weekly Briefly with Ben Brooks. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That is correct. Thank you. So he's talking with Ben Brooks about photography in general. It was a really good episode, especially for someone like me that's a budding uh, photographer. And what Sean's point was, which I thought was excellent, is that he said, you know, a lot of the reason this picture is so good, you know, maybe it's technically a decent shot. It's in focus. There's, you know, some nice background blurring. It's, It's framed well. But really, the reason this picture is so darn good is because of the subject matter and the story behind it. And, you know, he was saying that a lot of his favorite pictures are uh, are of his family and, and uh, for very similar reasons, that they represent something so important. And so he was extremely complimentary uh, to the picture. And that's obviously just unbelievably amazing to hear someone, even though he's a friend of mine, he's still at least in some part an idol. And so to hear your idol kind of recognize your work as at least being okay, if not good, it's really amazing. And, um, and, and I'm extremely thankful to Sean for having said so. And it definitely gives me a little more courage, not only to continue taking pictures, not that I was going to stop, but you know what I mean, but also to, you know, continue to share them and, and hopefully get better about them. Maybe shows you're not that bad after all. Let's not go too far. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more follow-up. This is from listener Andrew. He sent us in a quote from Theodore Roosevelt that really struck him, and I thought this was quite interesting, Casey, so I thought I'd read it to you. Theodore who? Roosevelt? Roosevelt. Not Roosevelt. It's not R-U-E. <laughs> USA. USA. Could you name for me all of the prime ministers? Uh, Margaret Thatcher was there at some point. David Cameron recently, if not now. Who was the one that you guys thought was in Bush's back pocket? Uh, Tony Blair. Okay, you're doing a lot better than I thought you were going to. It's not, it's, not, it's not the critic that counts, not the man who points out how strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. It's a lot of words, but it's actually a really great quote. Yeah, and, you have to read it over a couple of times. There'll be a link in the show notes which has the quote uh, in it. But it's basically like, you know, at the end of the day, you tried and you should be thankful of that rather than worrying about the person that didn't try. Right. It's it's a lot more impressive to be in a football game and define football however you please and almost win than it is to be the person in the stands going, oh, how could he have possibly kicked that ball that way? That guy's an idiot. Well, you know, at least you were in the game trying. So so uh, I want to take a quick break now, Casey, mm-hmm. for our first sponsor of this week's episode. Okay. Uh, um, it's Igloo, and we have something very special from Igloo. Excellent. Are you ready? I, I, I thought I was, but maybe I'm not. Buckle up, Casey Liss. All right, you got it. I'm dreaming of 
like the tools I use at home. Where the comments glisten and your boss says, listen, as you share gifts of Santa working from home. Working from home. I'm dreaming of a fun internet with every blog post that I write. May your days be productive and bright with an intranet you'll actually like <laughs> can you name the three people singing in that song so i can because i already know the answer but i definitely heard lex friedman Mm-hmm. I am almost sure I heard Mr. Jason Snell. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing, although I could not pick out specifically where, that you were involved in that as well. It is a trio choir, including <laughs> myself, Lex, and Mr. Snell. That is magnificent. It's. I'm so happy. I basically stormed their party. Jason shared me that, and I was like, you, you have to let me join in. <laughs> so I did. And so thank you so much to Igloo. Uh, you want to go sign up at Igloo because they are the very best, and I'm so happy uh, that they let us have a little bit of fun. Uh, this is actually something they wanted us to do. Um, so if you go to igloosoftware.com slash analog, you can sign up. Thank you so much to Igloo uh, for being so much fun and allowing us to sing the little song there. <laughs> I mean, that that is pretty confident, speaking of self-confidence, that we don't need to do a full-on pitch we don't need to do like a specific ad read. You just do a cool song and that'll tell you in and of itself how awesome our product is. Like good for them. Yep. Yep. I believe I believe the lyrics were provided by Marco Savage, uh, who's a great guy over at Igloo. Excellent. All right. So um, what are we talking about tonight? So I have something that I added into the topic today, which wasn't necessarily going to be in today's show. Okay. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about Tweetbot notifications. Okay. I have changed mine. Now, if can you recap for both listeners and myself, in broad strokes, what were the settings? You were getting notified over darn near everything. Is that correct? I had mentions for everyone on. I oh, had God. favorites. I had DMs. I had follows. Oh, that's, that's intense. That's isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty intense. Okay. So what is it today? And then how, how did you conclude that that was the right answer? And what was like the, the, the genesis for all this? So I now have mentions from people I follow. Uh, as, as a gentleman or lady should. And follow notifications. That is, I believe, no, I also have direct messages. Other than oh, that, I have DMs too. Sorry, okay. I have DMs too. So I believe we have the exact same setup now. Yeah, so I've turned off the ability for me to be notified for all mentions, and I've turned off favorites and that's and retweets. Yep, yep, that's exactly how I have it. Okay, so you've grown up a little bit. I'm very proud of you. What what caused this? Yesterday, uh, I let my feelings known be known about the movie The Interview. And in case you're listening in far into the future, there was a, an, a movie 
by Seth Rogen and by uh, James oh Franco. Thank you. I couldn't remember either. Uh, in which the plot of the movie is is murdering or assassinating Kim Jong Un, um, the current dictator of North Korea. There's been a whole hacking scandal and there's been threats because apparently because of this movie and there's a whole big rigmarole about it all, which we yes. don't need to get into. Um, I voiced my opinion about it. Uh, I have always personally been against the movie. Uh, I don't want to go into it too much. It's only just going to start more of this. Um, I just felt that it was a bad idea for the rest of the world to create a movie like this. That that is my overarching feeling about it. I think that it could potentially cause an international problem. Some people think that's fine. Some people don't think that's fine. Anyway, um, I have always felt this way about the movie, but never said anything. And then I, where it's been bubbling up, and then I started seeing, you know, there has been reports of like threats, like terrorist threats that have been, you know, threatened uh, on onto people onto people that may go and watch this movie. I kind of sent out a couple of tweets where I was like saying I think the movie shouldn't be shouldn't be released uh, Sony shouldn't have ever greenlit it in the first place uh, lots of people disagree with me <laughs> um, many people for similar reasons I think a lot of the reasons personally uh, are, are silly I agree with some of them free speech I understand I get that but sometimes I think that Anyway, um, so I was getting lots of people yesterday sending me angry replies. Uh, apparently, KC, the United States of America shouldn't cower in fear was something I was told over and over <laughs> and over again. Um, I don't know if people maybe took more offense to it because I'm not a, a lovely American. But yeah, so I was getting a lot of that. And I was, you know, I was. Uh, it got a bigger reaction than I thought, especially because I posted it like morning my time. Um, what did you did you make a um, uh, an outright post or I, what I saw was a mention to admittedly some people that have a crap load of followers, but I thought that you had not. It wasn't a tweet to everyone. It was a tweet in a conversation. Is what I'm. No, no, no. I started the conversation. Oh, did you? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I had two tweets. I said, "Hey, Sony, here's an idea. Maybe you shouldn't release the interview, and maybe you shouldn't have made it in the first place." And then I said, "I get free speech as an argument for the interview, but it's a movie about assassinating the current dictator of a volatile country." They were my two tweets, Mm -hmm. and then I started having conversations with people, uh, and then it sort of bubbled up and continued from there. Um. That's just how I feel. Um, my opinion is wrong. Uh, so, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> clearly, I'm annoyed about this. I am very annoyed about this. Uh, but basically, it was still happening this morning, 24 hours after. I was still getting it. Oh, goodness. And I was like, no, I need to stop this now. Because I was get, I was like, I was playing a game on my phone. I was taking a moment to myself in my work day. And then I started to get those tweets come through and it was annoying me. And then I thought to myself, no, people shouldn't be allowed to do this to me. Yeah, You should not be allowed to intrude me with your anger. This isn't what people aren't doing this. I'm allowing it to happen. Like it's my action, but yeah. 
you know, I, I'm trying to internalize it that way. It's like it, there should be no way in this world that I allow people that are angry at me or people that are going to upset me with their views or whatever to come in and pull me in. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. So I decided to turn it off. So I went in and I changed all my settings. So now I must, I only go in and and uh, I see those when I'm ready, basically. And I've ch- I've done that across all my devices. I think that's an excellent call. I really do. And I think it's probably best for my mental health. <laughs> well, not only that, but I-, I can't speak for how you are around other people, but I can speak for how I was around other people when I still had um, mentions from everyone and favorites and um, retweets and stuff like that all turned on. And I was looking at my phone constantly because it was constantly lighting up and I have no self-control. So I I feel like my interpersonal relationships, at least with those that are physically around me, um, improved dramatically once I cooled it on the uh, Twitter notifications. So uh, I, I think this was a great call. Um, I don't want to get into the conversation um, that, that you had about the movie, but I think this is a much more nuanced conversation than a lot of the people that you spoke with seem to think. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing that when you say something that you don't really mean is controversial, you're just trying to posit, oh, there I go, uh, you're just trying to come up with an alternative viewpoint, and then suddenly the internet decides to besiege you. And I've done it to myself several times. I'll do it to myself again at some point or another. But it's always a bummer because if you're not deliberately trying to start a ruckus, it's a bummer when a ruckus is a started, you know? So. Yeah, I, I I expected to have some people disagree with me. I didn't expect the amount of people that disagreed with me. Nor how violent. Disagree. Yeah, and also, yeah, I was getting people unnecessarily, I think, angry at me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I understand people being uh, upset about something, but... Uh, uh, a lot of it was was over, like what I I thought was was maybe uh, necessary levels of of anger at me. I think. Yeah, I agree. It was a bit ridiculous, but you know, that's that's the down that's the the kind of crummy side of Twitter, right? Because one of the things I love about Twitter, and we talked about this an episode or two ago, is that that you can have conversations that oftentimes for me totally change my viewpoint and totally, or maybe not change, but expand my perception and perspective. But then there's times that it's kind of force fed onto you and you don't mean it. You didn't want it and you're not necessarily in the right place to accept it. And that's just kind of crummy. So you have to take the good with the bad, but it's Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. It's certainly tough. So I'm sorry to hear. It was just, it was just unexpected. Uh, but I think that there's been a, a good outcome from it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think this. I think you'll find that you will not miss those notifications. But maybe we'll. Maybe I'll ask you in a few weeks and see. Maybe you've returned to the way it was, but I doubt you will. Yeah, I mean, I know it's only it's only been a day, uh, but it's kind of like fine. Yep. But yeah, so um, we have a another musical sponsor. Oh. Yeah, and then I want to talk about uh, the holiday season with you a little bit um, and some of the, the things that happen in your family and, and in the United States of America, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. All right. If that's okay with you, Casey Liss. That sounds excellent. 
Okay, so uh, our second sponsor this week is our friends at Dash, and they sent in your friend, uh, Casey Liss, with a great song. That's right. I'm very excited. So do uh, hit the play button for me, please, Mike. Well, goddamn, it's Dash, where you can easily create real time. Dashboards that show information. There are dozens of pre-built widgets for services like app figures, Google Analytics, GitHub, and don't forget Twitter. Go to the dash.com. You don't need no credit card. Go to the dash.com. Play with it because it is fun. show custom data it's got a great api to share from dropbox or the web things like line charts speedometers tables or use iframe the pricing model is a lot like github all the public dashboards for free for 10 bucks a month unlimited private dashboards could be yours so go to the dash.com they're currently running up sign up at the dash.com private dashboards you'll be able to get one go to the dash.com you don't need no credit cards go to the dash.com and play with it because it is fun well done that jonathan man Mm-mm-mm. yeah he's, he does that so much better than i do <laughs> Oh, man, that's awesome. So uh, thanks so much to to Dash for sponsoring uh, this week's episode. Go to thedash.com, as Mr. Jonathan Mann said. Yep, excellent. All right. Christmas. So the the holidays, the holidays. We are in the holiday season, Mr. Casey. We're a mere few days away from uh, the holidays, and... uh, we will talk about Christmas. Um, here's an interesting thing, okay? Holidays, the holiday season. We do not say that in the UK. That is purely a US thing. What, being offended if you're not of uh, some sort of Christian denomination and somebody says Merry Christmas? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, So let me kind of frame this conversation by saying that in my family, my mom is Catholic and was raised pretty Catholic. Um, She went to church a lot, um, did any normal Catholic thing that you would do as you're growing up. Uh, My dad was raised Jewish. Um, He has been bar mitzvahed. Um, He can still read Hebrew somehow, even though he doesn't really practice Judaism anymore. Um, So so I was from a mixed uh, household, and we celebrated both Christmas and Hanukkah. and, And actually, Aaron and I lit the menorah tonight and the Christmas tree is up as well. So we're continuing that. But when I was growing up, myself, and my two younger brothers, we weren't really raised much of anything. We, we very rarely went to, excuse me. Uh, we've, let me give you a good edit point there. When I was young, my two brothers and I uh, weren't really raised much of anything. And so we recognized major holidays, but just to put things in perspective as to how ignorant I was, when I went to school, to college, to university, and everyone just left around Easter, I didn't really understand why. I thought it was just another corporate holiday like um, Valentine's Day. And turns out, hey, guess what? Easter is actually a really important religious holiday. So uh, where was I going with this? I don't even know. Oh, yes. So 
for someone to say Merry Christmas to me, like that would never bother me because I recognize and celebrate Christmas. But I do think it's a bit ridiculous to be offended by that. It's like, okay, somebody's taking the time out of their day to say to you in so many words, I hope that the particular holiday that you're celebrating at this time of year treats you well. It just so happens that they fell upon Christmas as the default. Why is that bothersome? So that element of American uh, culture just it gets on my nerves. I don't know. I'm sure it could upset some people. Like I, I get why it does, but I, I wasn't trying to pass judgment. It was just merely a difference. Oh, I'm, we I'm do trying not to pass say, judgment. Okay, great. We we do not say happy holidays. We say Merry Christmas, and that's it's known as Christmas. It's Christmas on TV. It's Christmas in movies. It's Christmas on billboards. Like it is Christmas. Uh, it's not the holidays. Um, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe because. There is a larger Jewish culture in the United States um, than there is in the UK. I don't know if there is. Maybe there is. I can't think of why else it would be called the holidays. Uh, Because I don't know. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know of any other religious holidays that happen around this time of year. I thought Kwanzaa did. No? Yes. Sure. But I actually don't know uh, really much about Kwanzaa. Neither do I. Okay. All right. We're both doing great. Yeah, we're this is going well. Co- cannot wait for the follow-up. Email Casey. No, uh, no. Oh, God, no. Actually, all, right. all email does go to Casey, so it's, it's you know, go for that. Oh, great. Go, go for Casey. All right, let's try, to, uh, let's try to pull up before we hit the ground. So let's talk about some traditions. And um, you have in the show notes here that you wanted to talk about lights. Can you tell me more about that? Well, you've been posting these blog posts um, about tacky lights and it's a thing that is definitely an american uh culture thing that's not surprising um, and it's something that i it's, i'm starting to see a little bit more of it there are houses here that that go crazy with the lights not as crazy as american crazy like the stuff that's in your uh blog posts here that i'm looking at the images again <laughs> but why does this happen So in general, it's normal around the United States to put a small amount of Christmas lights around your house. And if you're not from the United States, typically that means either, you know, yellow or white or sometimes multicolored lights, oftentimes on like the edges of roof lines um, or on maybe a banister on your front porch. Well, here in Richmond, Virginia, people started to get a little crazy with it. And so there are... Uh, probably 40 or 50 houses throughout the Richmond metro area that that just go berserk with the lights. And we'll put some links in the show notes, either to my website, which uh, from there you can link to see some pictures on Instagram, or perhaps we'll just put those directly in the show notes one way or the other. But suffice to say, some of these houses literally have hundreds of thousands of little Christmas lights around them. And the over the years, what's become of this is we have what we call our tacky light tour. And it's tacky because there, most of these houses, there's lights over everything everywhere, and it is, well, kind of tacky. But generally speaking, what happens is if you're, uh, if you're an adult, um, then at some point over the holiday season, sometime between uh, maybe the 1st of December and New Year's, Oftentimes, uh, groups of friends or family will get together and drive around Richmond and look at all these different houses with all their different lights. And that may or may not sound fun to you. But again, you have to understand that these houses really are unbelievably well appointed, whether or not they're, they're aesthetically 
pleasing, they're always impressive. And I'll also tell you that if you happen to be in the United States and if, if you happen to be over 21 years old and if you happen to enjoy a adult beverage from time to time, then what a lot of people do is they'll rent a limousine for an hour or I guess two or three hours, something like that, and bring a cooler full of either beer or booze. And then they will have a limo driver shuffle them around as they ooh and ah over the lights whilst drinking in the back of the limo. And I can assure you that <laughs> is a fun time. <laughs> that, my friend, that's a good way to spend a uh, Friday or Saturday evening in December, oh, I assure you. Word. It's my pretty fantastic. Word. So anyway, so uh, so I put up a couple of posts on my website. One of them is just a uh, link to a GitHub gist, which shows how you can set up a single serving page that will help you navigate between different lights, different houses, that is. And another one, which is somebody took a drone to one of the houses um, near kind of nearby. Uh, don't be creepy. And they they flew this drone up and around the house. And you can see how impressive this is. And so if you choose to look at none of the other links that we are putting in the show notes, check this out because this is really, really cool. And this particular house, I think, is light on the tacky and heavy on the impressive, if that makes any sense. In other words, it's it's. It's very tastefully done as opposed to just vomiting lights all over the yard. So it's it's really cool. It's really impressive. Mike, if for some reason you're ever here in December, uh, I will absolutely take you on a tacky light tour. And at the end of it, you will say it was a smashing good time. It's very interesting to me. I have just opened the gist, which I don't really fully understand what that means. Sure. Uh, and I love that somebody's like, why didn't you do this? And you're just like, whatever. <laughs> uh, these things, they follow you around. Yep. Um, just the, 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 it's so American. Okay, it's why so... do you, I'm not, I'm not offended by it, but what makes you okay. say that? Well, I'm just curious to like, to, to unwrap what it is that makes this American. Is it, is it because it's excess? Is it because it's just silly? I mean, what makes it American to you? Okay, so I do not mean offense. Oh, no, I know you don't. I'm not saying this to you. <laughs> Everything I'm saying is is based on stereotypes that the rest of the world has about America in the same way that you have stereotypes about other countries, you know, just the stereotypical. So these lights are boastful. They are excessive. Uh, they're kind of... Um, wasteful uh and they are on huge houses you know then these are very like american things you know it's big and brash and loud and look at me and this is like you know like this is just waste because i'm wasting electricity you know just by lighting my house up so you can see it from space and you know your houses are so much bigger than ours and I think that might be part of the reason why it happens, because you you have these big, beautiful houses, uh, which we do not have because of space constraint. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that is why, like, I see it as being such an American thing. But then there are the the nicer parts of why I consider it an American thing. It's a very homely thing. It's a very um, warm thing. Uh, I find it quite, like, quaint you know, which there are these like quaint America because it seems to happen in these like little quaint American towns and and like areas. I would say villages, but I don't actually think <laughs> they have any villages, do you? Some but, areas do, but I'm with you. What reminds me, like it's a little community, 
uh, and it's you know like homely. I think I already said homely, mm-hmm. but it's you know it's nice, but it is also kind of like huge and crazy. And like, I can why see is that. It here? I can understand that. That that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, it it's. I don't think it's meant to be bragging. All or or um, I forget what word you used, but um, boastful. Boastful. Thank you. I don't think it's meant to be that way. Of course, there's an element of that, but but aren't people just showing off how good theirs are compared to other houses, though? Um, yes and no. Isn't that how they get so big? Because it becomes like a competition, right? I think that there is absolutely some element of competition involved, and perhaps I don't think that much of it because perhaps being competitive is a not. I was going to say uniquely, it's not uniquely American, but a a prototypical, stereotypical uh, American thing, but. I think that in a lot of cases, it's just about celebrating the holidays together. And as an example, in one of my posts, which is the one about the drone, the particular house, uh, the Wendhurst house, and I'm referring to it that way because that's the street it's on, um, the the husband and wife that own the house, they actually buy a gazillion um, candy canes every year. And they offer the candy canes for free to anyone who gets out of their limos or cars or what have you and <laughs> walks and uh, checks out the lights. And so actually on their website, they talk about how apparently they, well, they show a pickup truck just overflowing with candy cane boxes with the caption 12,000 candy canes. And they do that basically out of the goodness of their own heart. And I, a lot of these houses do have a donation box up where you can choose to give them a little bit of money if you so desire. Um, yeah, why is that? Well, because among other things, like the Wendhurst house, I'll pick on that again. Um, they they mentioned that their electric bill during this time is a thousand dollars. Now, for perspective, typically in an average month, I think Aaron and I pay like a hundred dollars for a month. So that's ten times what we pay in order to just do something that's you could you could make an argument it's selfish but really it's just for the community and and you have to understand that these houses that get lit up like this the roads upon which there these houses are you know they're they're just traffic jams from dusk until 11 or 12 at night every Friday and Saturday night because all these limos are coming through party buses are coming through sometimes extended coach buses with like 50 people will go down these neighborhood roads to see these lights. And so it's, yes, you could say it's showing off. Yes. You could say it's like, look at me and how awesome I am. But not only are you having a little bit of, um, penalty from this insofar as, you know, you're paying all this money, um, but and you can't leave your house any at any point between dusk and midnight because it's so darn trafficy. But, you know, it's just it's it's more about togetherness and 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 I think it's more about just celebrating together. I mean it's it's very nice. It is very nice. It, you know, it's peculiar to me in in a nice way uh to see the the, the pure scale. I'm looking at this Christmas on Wendhurst uh, webpage right now, and uh, it's quite, it, yeah, it's quite, quite the thing. Wow, yeah, it's impressive. Now, my favorite thing about Wendhurst, perhaps, may not even be Wendhurst itself, but the house adjacent to it. If you're looking at the Wendhurst house, it's the house directly to the left. And in the drone video, you can, if you look very closely with it in high definition, you can see it. But I also took a picture of it last year of of the neighbor's house, and we'll put that link in the show notes. But so you have this Wendhurst house, which is just overflowing with lights. 
And then you have the house next door. And I won't ruin the joke, but you should, if you, if you click nothing else in our show notes, you should click on this Instagram picture to see what the neighbor's house does with their Christmas lights, because it's pretty funny. Do you see what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah. I see. But it's like, okay. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin oh, it. Oh, I get it now. I get it now. Yes, I thought that was all one. No, 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 but no. it's not, is it? I didn't see the house behind it. Yep. So, they still have some, though. Well, yeah, but by comparison, that's, you know, pedestrian. So anyway, yeah. so yeah, so, so that's tacky lights. And that, it isn't uniquely Richmond, although I think most Richmonders would tell you that it's uniquely Richmond. I think there are areas in California that also do this. Um, but certainly it is a defining characteristic of Richmond. And so... It, you know, the holidays come around and part of the fun and part of the reason, you know, it's the holidays in Richmond, since we don't really get very much snow here usually is seeing all the tacky lights. So, Mike, are there any things that are not maybe like if you think about it, lights on a house do not in and of themselves scream Christmas, but you do it in the right way and you put a lot of people together and it then it does become very Christmassy. Are there any things that are similar to that, either in London or in the UK that that make you think Christmas? Maybe it's a. Uh, food item that's around like eggnog as an example I, I don't know a lot of americans that like eggnog but is there anything that's that's maybe not obviously christmas but really just screams christmas to you mince pies i've heard of this can you tell me about these so mince pies are not mince meat even though what goes in them is called mince meat which is potentially one of the most confusing things of all time uh but it's a fruit-based pie um it 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 started off as a meat-based pie, but now it's a fruit-based pie. It has lots of fruit, like uh, sultanas and raisins and spices and, and all kinds of, of nice stuff in there, like nutmeg and cinnamon, things like that. Uh, and they're called mince pies, and they're just little. They're like small small little uh, pastry pies. But yeah, it's funny because the stuffing is called mincemeat, which doesn't make any sense. That's weird. So, it is really weird. I'm not a fan of mince pies, but they only come out at Christmas. Uh, obviously, I think like you got you you do advent calendars, right? Uh, it's not the most popular thing, but certainly it is a thing. Yes. Okay, so chocolate advent calendars are a big thing here. You know, everybody has a, an advent calendar that has chocolate in it, and every day they open a door and they get a little piece of chocolate. Mm-hmm. That's something. I have a I have a Cadbury's advent calendar. Cadbury's is the best chocolate. Cannot argue with it. Don't even try. Um. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, then aside from that, I can't think of anything like specific that that I that I can put my finger on, which would be recognized as like a, a thing that only we have. I mean, because obviously, love actually. Well, but it's not. Like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not like they bring the love actually out. That is a great movie, by the way. It, it actually is a frustratingly good movie, and and Aaron loves that movie. It might be her favorite movie of all time. And um, and when we first watched it years and years and years ago, it, I am not typically hugely into romantic comedies. And she said, "Oh no, I really want you to watch this. Can we? Can we please watch this? Go. Okay, fine." And I actually really love that movie as well. And, and it might be at least in part because she loves it so much, and I just enjoy watching her loving it but um but it is a really delightful movie the defocused guys should cover this one no because they'll hate it no they've been good with the christmas movies have you listened to the christmas ones no i'm so far behind it's ridiculous home alone and elf so far and they've 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 loved them both really very nice yeah yeah there's hope for them yet 
resounding love from both Joe and Dan. I'm going to be watching Home Alone this weekend because of it. That, I'm surprised that um, what is it? Real life cinema? I, that's not right. The the Back to the Future people. What were, what is their name? New Line. No, 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 no. The the Back to the Future thing you did. Oh, Secret Cinema. Thank you. That's what I'm thinking of. They should do a Secret Cinema with the Home Alone house. That'd be awesome. <gasps> yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd that would be, be pretty cool. cool. That would be awesome. Um, one of my favorite things about Love Actually is how American cinema has attempted to to recreate it many times and has failed horrifically every single time. Every single time. Valentine's Day is an obvious example. What are the other ones? Uh, New Year's. It was a New Year's one. Oh, I can't God, remember really? what it's called now, though. Was it called New Year's Eve? Oh, gross. Okay. It was, yeah, it was terrible. There's other ones like He's Not That Into You is another one. He's mm-hmm. not, he's just not that into you, I think. Yeah, that, that was right. one. It's like big, big American ensemble casts and they, they all fail uh, horrifically. Yeah, it happens. And it's, and it's funny because you just can't do what we did, uh, which was create one of the greatest movies of all time. So uh, I have to interrogate you very briefly on this. We're getting a little derailed. I'm sorry. Or we're, we're, you could say we're defocused. Um, what is your Ding. favorite? Thank you. What is your favorite character or characters from Love Actually? Oh, that is a that is a really tough. Uh, hmm. So one of my favorite moments in the movie, I think, is the same. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Favorite same favorite moment for everyone, which is the like. The, the the guy and he has the cards for Kira Knightley and he's standing at her door and he's got the cards telling her how much he loves her, mm-hmm. which makes me cry to watch. Uh, but I think potentially my favorite my favorite characters uh, Bill Nye's character, which is Billy Mac, uh, and I I also really love um, uh, oh man his name's coming out of my head. So I don't want to. I don't want to cue you and start guessing because it'll ruin it. Oh man, this is killing me. Hold on, I will put a link in the chat for the IMDb page. I think my my favorite to give you a chance to figure it out. My favorite, in terms of just sheer laughter, is definitely Colin Frissell, who travels to America and ends up in like. Um, uh, Wisconsin oh, yeah, or something like that. I forget exactly where he ends up, but it's like the most Midwestern kind of, well, I can't say unremarkable, so I won't say unremarkable, but it's like this not stereotypical American city. It's not New York. It's not Chicago. It's like Milwaukee or something like that. And he's just beside himself excited. And that his whole character cracks me up. But my favorites without question are definitely Daniel and Sam, who are Liam Neeson and I don't oh, have yeah, Sam. That's great. I don't have Sam, the actor who played Sam in front of me, but uh, Liam Neeson and, and his son in the movie. Um, I just love their interactions and the way they handle everything. And they just, it cracks me up so much. And that is absolutely my favorite. Uh, that's Thomas Brody Sangster. So I really love Alan Rickman's character, Harry. And the reason I was blanking is because he's so far down the page. It's like halfway down the page, and he's like one of the main stories. Uh, I just really like that story. I Wait, like his character. The one who, oh, I don't want to ruin anything. That's an odd choice, Mike. I just like his story. I just think it's an interesting story, and I like his performance. I think his performance is very good. I could get behind that. 
banger behind it's, that. It's it's not a great you know it's not a heartwarming story. Sure, but just the whole thing about it is just really interesting, and it's one of my favorite. His story is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Just to watch how he how that unfolds for him, uh, I just think it's really interesting. Although I have to say, honorable mention to um, who plays Mister Bean, Rowan Atkinson. Is that right? Um, yeah, uh, Rowan Atkinson's he he does a couple of cameos uh rowan atkinson does and they're, and they're both just tremendous i mean i think it's intended to be the same character both times but um his just brief cameos are fantastic and those are really good i'm sorry we are so derailed we need to get bring this back around one last point yes it was where an entire nation fell in love with kira knightley say that again just, it was what it, it, where an entire nation fell in oh. love with kira knightley oh so it wasn't bend it like beckham no Oh, okay. So does that. She is very pretty. She is very pretty. All like right. you, Casey. What? You're very pretty. Oh, I thought you said thank you. <laughs> I was like, um, sure. Uh, all right, so let's bring this back around. We are so ridiculously derailed, it's not even funny. Yeah, I know what can get us back on track here. Uh, yes, yeah, so let's talk about something else that's really cool. Sketch Party TV is sponsoring this week's episode. Sketch Party TV is the fun, fast drawing and guessing game for Apple TV. Using airplane mirroring, you can turn your HD TV into a Wi-Fi drawing canvas and high-tech party game. It's perfect for holiday parties and family get-togethers, which is just around the corner for many of us. So also for special special occasions or impromptu game nights. Sketch Party TV is a drawing game for two teams of up to eight players per team. It plays a bit like Pictionary. The standard gameplay settings give each player five words to draw in two minutes, and each player gets two of these two-minute turns. With six total players, a full game can be played in about half an hour. All you need is an Apple TV and an iPad or an iPhone. Games can be customized to be as long or brief as you like with options for the number of words to draw per turn and time limit to draw them and word lists that have varying difficulty. They even have word lists that are specifically for kids. There are thousands of words to draw in seven different languages including French, German, Spanish, English, traditional and simplified for you Casey. (laughs) I'm kidding. <laughs> they just have English and Italian. Sketch Party TV is great for the classroom too, with custom word uh, list editors available as an in-app purchase. However, the custom word list editor is regularly an additional $1.99, but through to January 5th, the editor add-on is totally free. Critically acclaimed and enjoyed worldwide, Sketch Party TV is available on the App Store or at sketchparty.tv slash analog. Thanks so much to those guys for sponsoring this week's show excellent well thank you sketch, guys sketch party tv is a pretty cool game all right so um mike what does the holiday season slash christmas mean to you it's a great family time uh for us we've you know i've explained on the show previously we've gone through some changes as a family this year so it's going to be interesting but we'll all be together um and, you know, it's something that my family's quite small and uh, we have actually grown a bit again uh, because a rift in my family has been repaired recently, which is nice. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. So we uh, last weekend we had an early uh, Christmas dinner where a, a large a larger group of the family got together, um, which was fantastic and that made me very, very happy. Uh, but on Christmas Day, there would be about maybe six of us maybe in total. Um, and we all stay at my grandma's house, 
um, as we have for many, many, many years. And it'll be nice this year because there's going to be some young children in the house, my my nephews. Um, they're both of age now where Christmas is a big, exciting thing. Um, you have that to look forward to, my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm sure we'll be up very early, but it's 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 a nice day. We'll basically from Christmas Eve until uh, Boxing Day evening, the day after Christmas, we are all together. We don't break from each other at any point, um, and uh, there's lots of good food and nice drink and uh, lots of lots of presents and gifts and fun and, and TV and stuff like that. It's 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 a, it's one of my favorite times of the year because of that. That's fantastic, um, and it's very pleasing that 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 rift has been repaired. That's awesome. Um, oh yeah, it's fantastic. It's made me very very happy. So I'm sorry, you said from Christmas Eve Eve or from Christmas Eve. From Christmas Eve. Okay, through Boxing Day, which I'm going to interrogate you about later because I have no idea what that is. Um, So you are, all your families together for, what is that, like 72 hours, three days? Is that right? Yeah, there are thereabouts. It's like Christmas Eve evening, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I have to ask, maybe there isn't a clear answer to this because you have like three consecutive days together, but is there one portion of the day that's more important like for example when i was growing up it was christmas eve that was the big humongous dinner and when the extended family got together and then christmas day was more everyone's immediate families so christmas eve was always at my grandmother's um and again because it's only one side that celebrated christmas that made no conflicts which was very nice but it was always at my grandmother's and it was always my mom's immediate family so my my grandparents obviously my mom and my family and then my mom's two brothers and their families but Christmas Day, it was just my family and sometimes my grandparents. Now, what was that like for you guys? Is is there a a specific moment that's like the the pinnacle of Christmas, or is it just spread out across three days? Um. So probably you know the bigger moments are like the gift opening, and that happens when Christmas Day morning. Okay, and then Christmas dinner, okay. which is lunchtime or maybe about two o'clock on sure. Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. That's the big meal as well in my family. Gotcha. Um, I get the idea of having a larger meal on Christmas Eve. That's actually quite, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but because our family is small, really, uh, we don't we don't need to do that. Kind of everyone can be in the same place anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And now Aaron's family is a little different. Um, I for, I'm pretty sure I'm representing this appropriately and forgive me, Aaron, when you listen to this, if I get this wrong, but it was actually Christmas Day that was more important to them. And it's only in recent years that Christmas Eve has also become somewhat important. And so um, over the time that I've known her, and we've been together just shy of 10 years now, um, it's been that usually Christmas Eve will go to her older brothers. Um, His house is most conducive to like a big get together. And that's where we do like a lot of presents and in a big meal, kind of like my family. And then Christmas morning, we will always go to one of her parents. They're um, separate, they're divorced. And and we will do a really nice and really big Christmas breakfast, which sounds terrible to have right after the big Christmas Eve meal. But A, go America. And B, um, it actually works out really nicely. And um, and so I, it's, it's her family's turn for Christmas this year. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to that, of course. So is so on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Do you split 
between houses at all, or did you stay in one place? No. So here's a marriage pro tip for all of you boys and girls out there. When you are engaged, if you are engaged through at least one holiday season, it is at that moment that you need to establish a precedent. Precedent. Anyway, so what we did was way back when, when we were engaged, we said, here's what we're going to do. Every year, one family will get Thanksgiving and the other family will get Christmas and we will alternate. So this year, it so happened that it was my family's turn for Thanksgiving and her family's turn for Christmas. Next year, it will be her her family's turn for Thanksgiving and my family's turn for Christmas. And so that was hugely important for us because up until a few months ago, my parents lived a solid eight-hour car ride from where we are. And it's long enough that we could have flown and it would have been justifiable to fly. But by the time you get from our somewhat rural airport to a connecting airport to the airport near mom and dad, it was basically the same amount of time all told anyway. So now that we're all close together, what's going to happen is we're doing Christmas Eve and Christmas with Aaron's family. And then Christmas Day after, which I guess is Boxing Day. But see, I'm bringing this all around. God, I'm good. So on Boxing Day, we're going to be going to visit my parents. And my two younger brothers will be in from California at that point. And actually, one of my or my, my mom's parents, my grandparents are coming in. And one of my mom's brothers, my uncle, is also coming in. So I'm really looking forward to that. I haven't seen my brothers since, um, since May. And... And, or well, one of them since May and the other since a few months ago. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. But to us, the day after Christmas is just an unremarkable day. If anything, it's the, if you're a kid, beg your parents to go return the things you don't want and exchange the things you don't want. Or sometimes if you're an adult, it's the go out and get all the unbelievable post-Christmas sales, especially on decorations. But Boxing Day is not a thing for us. So can you explain to me what Boxing Day is? I can't give you an, an explanation of what it means because there isn't a clear uh, explanation anymore. Okay, so let me let me interrupt you and ask, is it about, I'm assuming it's not about fist fighting, is it about then like gift boxes or am I totally off the mark? No, it's not, it's, it's literally not about anything. So I'm going to read from Wikipedia now for a moment. The exact etymology of the term Boxing Day is unclear. There are several competing theories, none of which is definitive. The European tradition, which has long included giving money and others gifts to those who were needy and in service positions, has been dated to the Middle Ages, but the exact origin is unknown. It is believed to be in reference to the alms box placed in places of worship to collect donations to the poor. Also, it may come from a custom in the late Roman, early Christian era where metal boxes were placed outside churches uh, where they were used to collect special offerings tied in uh, to the Feast of St. Stephen, which in the Western Church falls on the same day as Boxing Day. In Britain, it was a custom for tradespeople to collect Christmas boxes of money or presents on the first weekday after Christmas as thanks for good service through the year. This is mentioned in Samuel Pepys' diary entry for 19th of December 1663. The custom is linked to an older English tradition since they would have to wait on masters for Christmas Day. The servants of wealthy of the wealthy were allowed the next day to visit their families. The employees would, the employers, sorry, would give each servant a box to take home containing gifts and bonuses and maybe sometimes leftover food. The reason I read all of that was to point out clearly the fact that nobody knows. There are like a million different reasons why it could be called that. However, it doesn't. It does. There's no like you must do this on Boxing Day tradition anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it isn't like you must 
give a box of gifts to the poor. Like it's not a thing, you know. Interesting. The the, the most interesting thing about what you read is, and I was reading as you were, is you had mentioned a, a person's name. Can can you read that name again one more time? Sam Samuel Peeps. I definitely would have read that as Peppies. It's spelled P-E-P-Y-S. And when you said Peeps, my eyes almost fell out of my head because I was like, where, where did that even come from? <laughs> I think it's Samuel Peeps. You're probably right. I'm not doubting that you're right. It's just funny because as an American, I would have read that as Peppies. Uh, I took a, a, a stab in the dark. Um, yeah, it is Peeps. It is Peeps. Because I, 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 I know that there is a guy called Samuel Peeps and but I couldn't remember the name way his name was spelt, but I went with it, and then I, I found a Samuel Peeps uh, FAQ. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why it's pronounced like that. Oh, there you go. So anyway, so that, that that's interesting. So are is, most businesses are not open on Boxing Day? Is that correct? Oh no, they're open. Oh, okay. So let me let me take a different approach. If you are a white collar worker in like an office building, are you typically going to work on the twenty sixth, or are you typically off? It is a retail day. I got you. Okay, so that's kind of like America, actually. Yeah. It's the first day of the sales. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not the first day of the sales. It's the first day of the second sales, because <laughs> sales are now yeah, yeah, happening yep. before Christmas. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, that That's really interesting. Um, yeah, we don't really have anything specifically like that. Now, most white-collar workers, you know, as you were saying, are not working on the day after Christmas. It's not a rule, necessarily, but generally speaking, that's what you find. But yes, a lot of people go out um, and go shopping and either get good sales, like you were saying, maybe exchange gifts, like I was saying earlier. Um, And I feel like, maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like it's also a big day for movie theaters because a lot of people go out to the movies. And I don't know why I feel that way, but I could swear I'm right about this. Hmm. That would make sense. Um, Because a lot of movies come out on Christmas Day or Boxing Day. Uh, that is a that is a standard that that happens. Yeah, um, it is a bank holiday here. Every day so, is a bank holiday, regardless of what country you're in. We have eight a year. They are they are national holidays, public. Oh, holidays. right, that's true. Um, that's what bank holiday means. It's a public holiday. Okay, so yeah, for us, when the banks are closed, which is basically all but three hours during the entire year, that's totally unremarkable because banks are never open but it does not necessarily mean that the whole country is shut down yeah but that's not see bank banks are open on bank holidays now it's just uh, that makes term. no sense but it's just the term it doesn't mean it's actually a holiday for the banks that's not what it means anymore uh but yeah so that's that's how that works Aye. okay um when does the christmas season start in the uk i'm asking this genuinely because one thing i've noticed in America is that maybe I just didn't notice it until recently, but when I was growing up, Christmas started eh, sometime after Thanksgiving. And if you're not an American, Thanksgiving is, I believe the last Thursday in November. If not, it's close to, um, and it wasn't until after Thanksgiving that things got kind of serious. And oftentimes it wasn't until like a week after Thanksgiving, maybe Thanksgiving was when the you know, stores and businesses started setting up for Christmas. Well, now I feel like Christmas starts in freaking July or something like that. I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating, but it used to be that Black Friday, which is the Friday after Thanksgiving, was the big shopping day in America. And you didn't see many sales until Black Friday. You didn't see many people thinking about Christmas until Black Friday. And nowadays, there are actually a lot of businesses that are open on Thanksgiving in case Black Friday is too far away. And... um it's just, that seems crazy to me. And I bring this up in part because 
I am of the belief that even though I love Christmas music, it is inappropriate to listen to Christmas music before December 1st. And this has actually caused a small rift in the list household this year because Erin used to be on my side on this. And this year she said to me, well, you know, maybe we should just do it right after Thanksgiving because that's close enough. That's cool, right? And that caused a little bit of drama in the list household. So that that's a very roundabout way of me asking, A, when does Christmas season start in the UK since you don't have that, like, and somebody called it a firewall between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And B, when is it acceptable to listen to Christmas music? Um, I think it's acceptable to listen to Christmas music from December 1st. I think you need to be in the month of December. I agree. For Christmas music to be acceptable. Cheers to you, sir. Um, but Christmas here is getting earlier. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there will be, I'll be starting to celebrate Christmas in March next year or something. <laughs> like it, it is getting ridiculous. We don't have Thanksgiving. So it's like, Okay, so we're trying to Americanize Halloween as much as possible in retail in this country now. Wait, um, what does that even mean? So Halloween is becoming a thing that everybody has to do and has to do their houses up and buy Halloween-related things. And and that was not we, a thing growing up. I'm not trying to be funny. Trick or treat has always been a thing, and maybe the occasional Halloween party. But now like everyone is expected to treat Halloween like it's this incredible thing that happens every year. Interesting. So you need to understand when I grew up, it wasn't that way. I've never been trick or treating. Oh, that's actually a bit of a bummer. But I mean, I can. Understand I know that. many. I know many people here that haven't been. Many have, but I know I've met many people that have not been trick or treating because it's just not a, you know, it's not it's not as big a thing. Last this uh, October, well, this past October, uh, not one person knocked on my door. And are you in an area where it would be reasonable to expect that somebody would if trick or treating yeah. was a thing? So it's not as big a thing here, but retail was trying to make it because please, please, please give us another thing to sell to people. I can't wait until we start celebrating Thanksgiving, which I'm sure will start <laughs> happening in a couple of years' time. I did have a lovely Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, I heard about this that. Past, yeah, this past Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, so Christmas stuff is starting to appear in very early November now. Mm. Very mm. early November. I'm talking like... Christmas related things in stores to buy, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And that's true here. It's just, it's more of a quiet, it's like a soft opening to Christmas, if you will. Yeah. Um, Cause you have, you do have like, uh, you have the Thanksgiving buffer, like, right. you know, retail can, can put out for Thanksgiving as well. Right. Right. Um, but you'll start to hear Christmas music played in retail establishments, usually early November. Um, you'll start to see like the, um, the holiday, uh, uh, the Christmas decorations go up and Christmas themed things start showing up in early November. And it's, it's crazy. Um, speaking of Christmas music to go back a step, are there any particular Christmas pieces of Christmas music that you like, that you really associate with Christmas that you maybe even that you can't stand? Is there anything that you're really into? Oh, so I love crooner Christmas music. So for example, Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. uh, Dean Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, I am partial to Michael Bublé at Christmas. He's a more recent crooner. He's a more recent addition, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. You know, like, clearly I love White Christmas. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I do, I love that kind of music. Uh, there's also a bunch of ridiculous... Is the Christmas number one a thing in America? Say that a Christmas number one. I don't. Okay, so it's not. Then. I guess not. Uh, 
what is number one on the charts? Oh, that's actually a thing. On Christmas For- Day is called the Christmas number one. Yeah, because that was all over Love Actually, and I just I didn't know if that was completely contrived for the oh. movie. Oh. No, that's what it's about. So it's a big thing. It's a big thing to be Christmas number one. So songs that make it to Christmas number one mostly become Christmas songs for years on. So there are many songs that are now Christmas songs. Um, I do love all that cheesy Christmas music. One of my favorite Christmas songs is Step Into Christmas by Elton John. I don't know that Um, I've heard that. If you want to drop a little marker in your edity thing, I'll play a little (laughs) clip right now of Step Into Christmas. It doesn't sound anything like a standard Christmas song. I love Step Into Christmas. Um, and, you know, the, the like Last Christmas by Wham. Last Christmas. And, like, oh, I don't know. There's there's some crazy old Christmas songs uh, from the UK. It's a band uh, called Wizard. Okay. Um, and they did a song called... Uh, I wish it could be Christmas every day, mm-hmm. which is another great song. Um, I will also put another clip in here if you would like to do the honors. Of that, and yeah, uh, Slade did a Christmas song um, called uh, "Merry Christmas, Everybody." is another great song that i enjoy very much so these so basically there is a lot more christmas music i think in the uk because we have the idea of the christmas number one so we have the standard ones that are recognized worldwide like mariah carey for example um but yeah we 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 love we love our christmas music here and and i am i am a somehow continue to be a big fan of that, even though I hear it every single year. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, it's funny because a lot of those artists I have never heard of or have no idea what their music sounds like. I mean, I know Elton John, I know Wham, but a lot of them I I did not even recognize. Like Slade, I think I might have heard of them. It, uh, yeah, him. I'm not kidding. Like Those songs are like from the 70s, and they're still played every year. Wow. So that's why the idea in Love Actually, right, is the, why he was rich. Why mm-hmm. the guy had money mm-hmm. because he wrote the Christmas song. Right. right. Have you seen About a Boy? No. It's a Hugh Grant movie. And basically, he plays a character uh, in which he doesn't need to work because his dad wrote a Christmas song that became Christmas number one. Interesting. Wow. I didn't, I, I genuinely, I'm not trying to mess with you. I genuinely thought that that was like either completely contrived for the purposes of the movie or extraordinarily exaggerated for the purposes of the movie. Huh? No crap. Um, I bring up Christmas music also because I, like I said earlier, freaking love Christmas music. And so, um, and so because of that, uh, once December 1st rolls around, it is basically exclusively Christmas music at the List household. If I'm listening to anything in December, it is either a podcast, probably with you since you're on every podcast, or <laughs> or Christmas music. And uh, a week or two ago, um, I put up a post, which, which we'll put in the show notes, with um, some, I called it Fun Christmas Albums. And, you know, as you were alluding to earlier, you know, I love the Dean Martin and the, and the Frank Sinatras and, and whatnot of the world. I have to try out Michael Buble. I've heard very good things about his Christmas album, but I've not heard it. But 
with that said, um, Mannheim Steamroller is huge here. I don't know if that's a thing in the UK. What? What? Is that bad? What's, what is Mannheim Steamroller? Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's I, actually, it's they're a band, but it's one guy. It's one of those situations. Like, you know, th- there's one person, I think it's Chip something or other. Don't email me. We'll put a link in the show notes. But um, Chip Davis, I think that's right. Anyway, uh, he's like the brains behind it all, but it's a bunch of instruments. And he's a multi-instrumentalist, but, you know, they'll tour and there's, you know, a bunch of different instruments and a bunch of different people. Well, anyway, um, they're kind of a new age band, but they've put out a couple of Christmas albums over the years. And they've been around since like the 70s. And these Christmas albums are like American classics in much the same way you were talking about. And I would guess if, if you listened on Spotify or audio or beats or whatever, your particular services of choice, even you, Mike, I, I suspect that you would recognize some of these would be my guess, but um, either way, they're, they're huge. Uh, do you want to give me a pop? Do you want to give me a popular Mannheim steamroller song? What? Carol, their v- version of Carol the Bells, perhaps. Um, let me see if I can. Carol of the Bells. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, I don't have Spotify on this computer. I'm literally going to play it right now. All right. Oh, my word. What's happening? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a different take on it we should leave this in the show even though it's going to drive people crazy um, different is one word to oh say. don't Casey? you take this away from me don't you take this away from me hmm. all right well we'll move on um interesting so yeah so that's like a classic or i feel like it's a classic in america maybe it's just my family and friends um, but i did link to three albums which i think are really awesome and again kind of different takes on um on christmas and or christmas music two of them are by the same artist called pentatonics they were on some reality tv show like the voice or the sing-off and i don't know these people but i keep seeing youtube ads for them and now i remember where i saw those youtube ads because it's from your blog yes so they're uh quintet is that right whatever five people is (laughs) yeah good work we'll go with that um and they're acapella and so there's no instruments and to my knowledge, no like fancy editing work. And they do, they have two albums, PTX Miss, um, PTX being the abbreviation for Pentatonix, which is the name of the band. And that's Christmas to me, which just came out a few weeks ago. This is what I keep seeing on YouTube. Yep. And they're awesome albums. I really, really enjoy them. And they're, they're different and more modern takes on Christmas music, but they're not too ridiculous like you can you can clearly hear the traditional versions of these songs that they're covering in their renditions right the third one i recommend is uh one that was brought to the attention of my friend jason alford years ago and it's called the family force five christmas pageant and the the name of the band is family force five and i have i've heard like one or two of their other albums and they're okay but I love this Christmas album. So they're described on Wikipedia as a crunk rock band. As yes. I said on my website, I've, I'm too old to know what that is, but, oh, but it, they are awesome. And this Christmas album, it's not for the faint of heart, but the songs are magnificent and they're not dirty or anything like that. In fact, I believe they're a, a Christian band, but they are awesome. And I definitely recommend it if you're willing to, reach a little outside the your, your regular comfort zone 
So you are going to think that I'm trolling you, but okay. I am a I I do like crunk rock. I, I swear to you, I'm not trolling you right okay. now. I, I, I know it sounds like I am. I, I don't even know. Like, who would be a crunk rock band that regular people would have heard of? I can't help you with that. Okay. I'm afraid. That's like, fine. Because that, uh, there aren't going to be uh, bands that I think I that I can think of that I think people would know. Because, okay, well, like, Lil John and the Eastside Boys. Mm, really? So Lil John is crunk rock. I did not know. I thought he was more of a rapper. God, well, I'm so old. It is rap. It is rap, but it's crunk. It's like this sound. There's a there's a guy. There's you know there's a couple of people in the UK um, that have been known uh, for like for crunk. And so for uh, our UK listeners, those would be a lethal bizzle and Dizzy Rascal. Okay, I've so heard of neither, but that's fine. They're they're really good, but it's 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 more like crunk as opposed to like crunk rock uh, i can't really you know this is going nowhere um, good <laughs> yeah this is I, I, it's just going down a, a, a rabbit a real, real rabbit hole i've forgotten to mention one of my favorite christmas albums and it's a modern christmas album it's john roderick and jonathan colton one christmas at a time mm-hmm. this album is amazing have you ever heard one christmas at a time i have not oh it's fantastic it's so good. It is just brilliant. There's a couple of mainly duets, which and I I love uh, male duets. I love the sound of of male duets. I always have, uh, and they have a couple of solo songs as well. Um, they are all uh, originals. Hmm. Snow covers. See now, that's a hard sell for me. I don't generally take well to original christmas songs i like i like either covers of traditional ones or just straight up traditional ones they all sound like traditional christmas songs but then right. but they're all original you need to listen to it i, I believe what do you, what is your your music system spotify of choice i believe that it is on spotify okay because it's on i think it's on beats so all you right need to, you, you need to do that for me it is on spotify excellent one Christmas at a time. One Christmas at a time. That's the, <laughs> that's the lead. The lead song. Uh, I'm gonna listen to that as soon as we get off the off the call here because I have not listened to it at all this holiday season, and that is that is terribly upsetting. That is a travesty. It, it genuinely is a travesty. Stop mocking me. <laughs> all right. Um, I think we're uh, pretty much good here. Before we go, tell me the one thing you are most looking forward to this Christmas season. Uh, getting my Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> that is refreshing honesty, my friend. Uh-huh. Well, you know, it's a, it's a time of gift giving. Is At least in my household, it's a time of gift giving. We look forward to our gifts, and I'm very excited about one of my main Christmas gift this year, which is a Wii U. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> one from me. What are you most looking for? Oh, I'm looking forward to holiday cheer and peace on earth. What are you looking forward to, Casey? <laughs> so I have to split this three ways because I'm indecisive and I'm Oh, alive. come on. Oh, it's happening. Um, the first is to spend it with Declan. Although, as much as I'm excited about it, he doesn't know what the crap is going on. So no, I think you've got you to think maybe one more, maybe next year. I think next year it'll sort of make sense. Two to three years is when I suspect yeah. that it'll start to sweet, get really that, good. That's the sweet spot. Right, oh, right. 
Um, but the other are to see my family and Aaron's family. I mean, Aaron's family, they're all pretty much local. So I get to see them a lot, but especially my two brothers, um, and having them come in, I'm really, really looking forward to. And, um, I'm also really looking forward to, uh, giving a few gifts, um, especially Aaron's. I'm pretty happy with what I got Aaron this year and I'm anxious for her to see it. What did you get? Can you tell me later? Uh, maybe after the call. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you have a Merry Christmas and or a Happy Holiday, uh, wherever you are in the world and however you like that to be said to you. Wait, 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 um, wait. Is it Merry or Happy? I thought it was Happy Christmas. No, it's Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, I thought I thought that the UK was all Happy Christmas. Like, isn't that what no, Harry no. Potter does? Well, I mean, people do say Happy Christmas. Like, we say Happy Christmas, but if you're going to say it all together, you say have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You don't say have a Happy Christmas and a Happy New Year. It doesn't make any sure, sense. Sure, sure. But Mer- Merry Christmas is the is the standard, it's the oh. traditional. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Well, thanks a lot for lying to me, Harry Potter. Well, Harry Potter's based on lies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so have a Merry Christmas. And we will talk to you before the New Year. Actually, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions next week, so I'm excited about that. Um, so uh, if you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, uh, you should navigate yourself over to relay.fm slash analog slash 19. Uh, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter. Casey's at Casey Liss, C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. That's Casey Liss. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to uh, find our sponsors on the internet, then you should because they're awesome. Thank you to our musical sponsors this week, Igloo and Dash, and our fantastic sponsor, new sponsor, Sketch Party TV. You should go check all of those guys out. Um, it's not too late to buy their services for Christmas presents. Uh, if And I would love it if you did that. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back. Bye-bye.